All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 18 of the Biohacker Babes. This is Lauren and I'm actually in Vegas this week with my sister. So I'm here performing with Wicked. They're at the Smith Center for a couple weeks and I just joined them for this last week. So I'm staying with Renee, my fellow biohacker babe. And this is awesome. We're actually sitting right next to each other in her kitchen recording today. We've never done this. We've always recorded from across the country. So we are sharing a mic. I can't wait to do this. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's been so fun having you here this week. I wish you could just move to Vegas. I know, yeah. We've had a blast like cooking together. I think we're both good influences on each other. I've been meal prepping, getting some pool time. Yeah, sure, I'll stay. 
Yeah, <laughs> lots of fun biohacking. So we thought a fun topic this week would be all about how to stay healthy when traveling. We both travel a lot for fun and for work, and especially with Lauren being on tour right now, and I'm actually going to Mexico soon. We thought this would be a great topic. So we know how easy it is to like get run down or catch a bug when traveling, and really there's no good time to get sick, but especially when you're away from home and you're in a foreign place or you're on a fun vacation. And you know, I don't know how many of you have gotten sick on vacation, but it can really ruin your trip. And you've probably spent a lot of money and taken time off work. So we want to make sure we feel our best. And I think this happens a lot because people are like finally free from like their daily stressful routine. You know, they're dealing with like jet lag and maybe they go a little off your like dietary routine, your sleep schedule, all that good stuff. And then there's like the added stress of just traveling in general. And so all that's, all of that really compromises your immune system. So it makes it really hard to fight off infections. And of course, when you're traveling, you're exposed to a lot more bugs. So we're going to talk about how to deal with that. And then the other concern is that you're eating different food usually when you're traveling, right? You're out of your normal routine. So I think a lot of people experience like digestive upset just in general from switching your food so quickly. And then there's, of course, the dreaded thought of food poisoning. So that's, I think, more so when you travel internationally. But, I mean, food poisoning can happen anywhere. And that will ruin your trip really fast. So that's what we're talking about today. Super fun topic for us. And let's jump into debate and controversy. Is there any debate controversy? As Renee said, I don't think anybody wants to be sick on vacation. That's just not fun at all. But I guess if we're going to bring this up, what's controversial about it is I think, as she mentioned, a lot of people, like from the moment your vacation starts, just want to break free and just like let loose. There's no stress. You want to just go all in, whether that means like drinking whatever you want, eating whatever you want, not working out. All those things are probably the opposite of what your normal routine is. And as Renee said, we really think that the travel day is the best way to set you up for an amazing trip. So if there's any time to sort of like keep a little bit of routine or at least have some structure so that you can enjoy your trip and not get sick. It's the travel day. So we're going to get into this a little bit more about what happens when you travel to your body. But if you can stay just a little uh, structured on that travel day and not quite break free 100% just yet, then we think that you'll set yourself up and then you're much less likely to get run down and then you can actually do all those fun things you want to do on vacation. We know that planes are germ-filled. They're like the breeding ground that battles our immune system. We've all heard the horror stories about like the germiest places on a plane. Like we know the tray table is the worst place. It actually is worse than the toilet seat. Beverages, like coffee on a plane is actually super dirty. I just like cringe when I see other people drinking coffee or hot tea on the plane because that water and then also the grounds that you're using to make the coffee are super toxic. But yeah, so we all know that the plane is just like the easiest place to pick up germs. If we can sort of hack that, hack your air travel, train travel. Obviously, sitting in a car is a little bit easier, but then you also have like, hopefully, access to healthy snacks. But if you're on a road trip, who knows what you're going to get. We're going to mostly focus on the plane today. So this is sort of the science about what happens when you travel. When you're up in the air in a plane, there is less oxygen and less humidity. We've all experienced that. It's super dry. 
People are coughing. You're in close proximity with other people. There's just like no room to breathe. And the reason for that is the air pressure is lower at higher altitudes and the airlines pressurize the cabin air so that you're taking in less oxygen. So right away, you're already going to feel pretty drained and foggy. And even though the plane's actually really good at recycling the air, so like every two to three minutes, they're bringing in fresh air as opposed to like at work, like in most air conditioned buildings. That, I think that only happens like maybe every 10 to 15 minutes. So you're getting fresh air much more quickly. The problem is the plane is bringing in air from outside of the plane. And because you're at a very high altitude, that air is much thinner and drier. So you're getting less moisture coming into the body. And so this is the big takeaway here. We're talking all about the importance of moisture. Moisture is what keeps our first line of defenses up. So moisture coming into the body supports mucus production. I know mucus sounds gross, but mucus is actually a positive thing if we're talking about immune health. There's something called the mucociliary clearance system. So that's our protective mucus layer or mucosal layer. And then also the cilia that's attached to the cells inside your body. So mostly in like the orifices in your body. So your nose, your eyes, your ears. So bugs and pathogens come in through there. And it's the cilia that sort of is like the security guards to like let something in or keep it out. And when something is really dry, when the air is dry, that cilia kind of gets destroyed. So your security system is broken down. So you're bringing in a lot of dangerous pathogens and bacteria because of the dryness. So if we can actually increase that moisture and up your security system, there's a much less likely, what am I trying to say? There's a much less likely chance that you will actually be affected by those bugs. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I mean, as we were like prepping for this episode, we were sitting down and we were like, why do we get sick on planes? Like, why is that a thing? So it was kind of fun looking at some of the science. And I came across this study. It was actually the World Health Organization published this. But they found some people may be more susceptible to getting sick on planes because the cabin air humidity is under 20%. So they said on average, we're kind of used to around maybe 30% humidity. So the dry air exposure, like Lauren said, it affects the mucus. And then that affects the immune system, making people you know more vulnerable to getting sick. So I thought that was interesting. And then another study in the Journal of Environmental Health Research found that people are far more likely, 113 times more, to catch the common cold during a flight than normal ground transmission. So, you know, we're definitely being exposed to more stuff up there and you're more likely to catch something. So we got to keep our immune system strong. And Lauren, I just to add on about the coffee, I read this article once. It had a really good headline. It said, the one drink flight attendants would never order for themselves on a plane. And it was the coffee. And they said, because the water is not clean. How gross. (laughs) That's so gross. It's probably the same water that's coming out of the toilet, honestly. Yeah, I guess they know. We should just ask the flight attendants. They're probably not allowed to disclose that. What was in that article? Good to know. Um, Yeah, I love all these studies. So there's actually a lot of studies on athletes in travel because we care so much about their performance and they're obviously paid very well to perform at their best. So it's interesting. I'm really interested in hacking my health like an athlete because I think if – I can do that. I'm really set up for success. Even though I am not performing as an athlete and getting paid millions of dollars, I want my immune system to function like an athlete. So yeah, lots of studies on how there was a significant reduction in oxygen saturation 
and all passengers, and it doesn't matter like how long the trip is. These studies proved that a long or a short flight, you're still getting a big reduction in oxygen no matter what. So also the impact of travel fatigue on performance, because travel is negatively affecting your hydration status, right? The thin air, less moisture, you get dehydrated. It affects your nutritional behaviors. We all know that. We get on the plane and we just have like really crappy snacks that they're offering. And airports, which are getting much better at serving healthy food, it's still it's still an issue for sure. And you can't just pack whatever you want because you have to get everything through security and you also don't want to bring stinky food on an airplane. I get it. And then we're also dealing with issues with sleep quality and sleep quantity. So I hope that at the end of this episode, you will have plenty of hacks to affect all of those things, hydration, nutrition, sleep, immune function. We have lots of fun things for you that are really easy to do. Yeah, that's great. So let's jump into how it makes you hotter. So as we were talking about this, I don't know why, but my first thought or like image was like that Corona commercial with the person laying on the beach with the Corona. And I'm just picturing like a box of tissues next to that. Gross. Like <laughs> blowing your nose on the beach, like not hot. So, you know, like no one wants to be sick on vacation. And then obviously if you stay healthy on vacation, you're just going to help everyone around you that you're traveling with. They're not going to get sick. You're all going to feel better and you're just going to look much hotter. Yeah, especially your fam- uh, traveling with your family. That will spread like wildfire. And I don't have kids, but I can't imagine traveling with kids and just having one person spread it and then you're dealing with entire family. It's awful. So traveling in general is going to be stressful. I mean, just showing up at the airport and dealing with the check-in and security and getting to your gate, like your nervous system is already freaking out before you've stepped onto that plane where all of the germs are. And that can be really dangerous because your immune system relies on your nervous system to stay in a calm place. So if your nervous system is out of balance, if you're going more sympathetic, which is your fight or flight, you are already setting yourself up to fail. So we'll add some hacks in there too to stay really calm. But as far as how it makes you hotter, traveling is going to age you. Stress in any form is aging your body. And as Renee said, no one wants to be sick. Negation. Gross. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so here we go. Top tips. And this is mostly for the travel day, though that it can apply for your entire vacation. But we do want everyone to have fun while they're away. Obviously, you can sort of step back just a little bit. We don't want people to feel like you have to stay 100% on your nutrition and exercise routine because everyone deserves to relax. Yeah, and typically it's like one week a year or so, right? I mean, you can get away with a little bit more. But yeah, so top trips for the travel day. Number one, stay hydrated. So we already talked about how you get so dehydrated when you fly. So you need to like go the extra step to make sure your body is staying as hydrated as possible. So my first tip for this, people aren't going to like this, but no alcohol when you're flying. I know the airports are loaded with bars and restaurants right before you get on. So it's super tempting, especially if your flight's delayed to just grab a couple drinks and then you get on the plane, have a couple more drinks, but it's just going to dehydrate you so much faster. I know personally, I can't drink alcohol when I fly because it's like instant headache. I feel like crap when I get to my destination and then I don't want to do anything. So it ruins like day one. I just want to jump in. I think that's really funny, but it's also really personal because sorry to call you out, but my boyfriend, Jeremy loves to get a mimosa when he gets to the airport. Like no matter what time it is, if our flight is at nine, he's like, well, it's vacation. I'm going to drink a mimosa. But then he sleeps like a baby on the plane. And he also detoxifies his alcohol a little bit faster than I am. So this is a part of the biohacking component, like know yourself. 
I can't do that. <laughs> like Renee just said, like that definitely doesn't work for me. I get more dehydrated and then I don't sleep. So I'm not getting in the recovery. If it works for you, sure. But no part of the science is that is going to dehydrate you. And we want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, of course, everyone's different. And so I'm just not one of those people that can get away with that. <laughs> but on top of that, I also always add electrolytes to my water. So I typically will bring like an electrolyte powder through security and then I'll either refill my bottle of water or buy a bottle of water and then I'll just add electrolytes to it just to like ensure that I'm getting that extra dose of minerals when I'm flying. Obviously, like I'm trying to not drink too much because I don't want to be that annoying person going to the bathroom every hour, but adding the electrolytes is really helpful for hydration overall. Yeah, and avoiding too much salt while you're on the plane there's so much sodium in all of those packaged snacks that they hand out. But if you're in taking more sodium and taking in less water, that hydration is going to happen even faster. So number two, honoring your circadian rhythm. We talked about this a lot in episode four, but trying to stay in your time zone and on the same rhythm that your body is already used to, one is going to combat some of the stress that you're getting from the travel. But also your body really just operates best when it's in rhythm, when it knows what to expect. And there's some ways we can sort of hack this. One is fasting. So not eating while you're traveling. One that's just going to cut out all the crap that you would get at the airport or on the plane, but also it's going to keep your circadian rhythm in balance. Also using light in the form of the human charger, which is one of our favorite hacks. So getting light stimulation into your brain so your body knows when the sun is rising, when it is setting according to where you live in the world. So you're staying on that same path. But if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to episode four. Yeah. And similar to episode four is actually like all of our sleep episodes. They all kind of tie into each other. So that's tip number three is quality sleep. So if you can sleep on the plane, that's ideal. So maybe you bring like an eye mask, some earplugs, special headphones, whatever you can do to try and sleep on the plane is really, really helpful. And then when you do get to your destination, you know, your hotel, your Airbnb, whatever, make sure you keep the temperature really cold in there. So, you know, around 65 to 67 degrees, that's just going to help you get optimal sleep while you're traveling. And then the final thing with sleep is covering blue light. And this is horrific in like hotel rooms. If you lay in bed and you look around, you'll see like the alarm clocks and the chargers and the lights and the TV. And then maybe there's like a fire alarm and like it's just like endless if you look around. So one of our favorite hacks for this we love is the True Dark. That's the company, True Dark. They make these little stickers. And so when you travel, just bring them and then you just pop those on all the little lights and it'll be completely dark. So again, complete darkness is optimal for sleep. So maybe on vacation you're getting a little bit less sleep, more sleep, who knows, but you want to make sure it's optimized. So get it, get that quality sleep in for sure. Great. And then number four, we're talking about immune support, which is pretty complex, but we're going to break it down and make it easier for you. You can get travel packs of supplements. One of our favorites is the Designs for Health Immune Packs. You can just grab a little packet and throw it in your bag. It's super easy. Easier than like picking out every single supplement and putting into a bag or traveling with all of your bottles. Like our dad does. He has a whole suitcase for all of his supplements, which he doesn't mind it. It's not stressful to him, but that would stress me out to have a whole nother bag of supplements. But if you do ever travel with our family, my dad has an entire pharmacy of natural supplements <laughs> everywhere we go. Another good hack is colloidal silver, especially nasal spray, which is going to help with that mucosal lining in your nose 
to keep those pathogens away, especially pre-flight. So preparing your body for the onslaught of those germs. And then electrolytes, like Renee mentioned, we really like noon tablets. They come in just like a tiny little cylindrical bottle. You just pop them in your water. They dissolve. They taste amazing. There's all kinds of flavors. There's some with caffeine and not. I would suggest not doing the caffeine because that's just going to dehydrate you even more. Or Element also has great electrolytes and they come in like really, really tiny packets. Also really easily added to water. Yeah, awesome hacks. And next tip, all about nutrition. So we couldn't avoid this topic. So number one for nutrition, we're going to say avoid sugar. Hopefully you listened to our sugar episode already, but you can check that out if you want to learn more about really what sugar's doing to your body. But when we're traveling, we don't want to be depressing our immune system and increasing inflammation. So all those issues that come along with that. Another tip is you definitely want to try some unique and different food when you're traveling. Like if you're going to Italy, I'm not going to say don't try the fresh, you know, pizza or pasta, whatever. Like you definitely want to enjoy that a little bit. Just don't make it like a habit while you're there, like three meals a day, seven days that week, you know, don't like go overboard with it. Just like pick something, try it, enjoy it, and then move on, try something different, whatever. Also packing healthy snacks for travel, especially the travel day, because like Lauren said, the airport food is awful. I mean, airports are definitely coming around, but it's funny. I've noticed in some airports, you'll see like a, they're like farm to table, healthy snacks. And like, I'll go look and they have like Coca-Cola and potato chips. And I'm like, how did you get away with that marketing? <laughs> it's not, or just all the like healthy protein bars that we talked about in the last episode. It's yeah. like healthy snacks, but they're loaded with sugar. Not helpful. Yeah. So definitely bring your own snacks. I mean, I love placing a big order with Thrive Market before I travel and I'll get like some good bars, some beef jerky, some seaweed chips, like all kinds of good snacks, nuts, seeds, trail mix, um, and just bring it with you. And so definitely have that on the travel day. And then it's actually helpful while you're on vacation because, you know, sometimes you're in between meals and you're hungry and you're like, there's nothing but a bakery next door. Like, what am I going to do? It's always nice to have that backup option in your hotel room just to keep you on track for the whole trip. Another thing I really like to do when I'm traveling is kind of like intermittent fasting a little bit, so time-restricted eating. So I find it's helpful to just do two meals a day when I'm traveling, especially because I tend to eat larger meals. So, you know, on vacation, you're sleeping in, maybe you do brunch around 10 or 11, you know, maybe do an early-ish dinner before you go out and have some fun. And it's just easy for me to fast at least like 14 to 16 hours on vacation. And I just feel better with like two larger meals instead of three. That's like excessive. So take advantage of that if you can with your schedule. And then my final tip for nutrition is we have to avoid food poisoning. Knock on wood, I have never had it, but I've had a lot of friends and family that have had it when traveling and it's it'll ruin a trip real fast happened to me it was the worst thing ever oh i was on a cruise once and my friend with with us got food poisoning and she was in her cabin for like 48 hours it didn't see her for two days so that was really disappointing but so my top two tips for avoiding food poisoning i'm always going to go back to the hcl capsules apple cider vinegar does the same thing but that's a little bit harder to travel with so i always recommend the hcl capsules either from premier research labs or designs for health that's going to bump your stomach acid which is going to help to prevent any foodborne pathogens from getting through your stomach into your intestines causing that issue so that's the first thing and then activated charcoal like do not go anywhere without charcoal my friends like bring an entire bottle because you just never know. 
I will take it if I eat a meal that like I'm like, uh, I don't know if this is like the cleanest kitchen. Maybe I'm like in Mexico, not so sure of the food source. I will take it preventatively, but then also I bring it for like if I were to get food poisoning, I would load up on the charcoal capsules because that's just going to bind to whatever toxins got into your intestines and get it out of your system. So yeah, that's my hack for that. I love the charcoal and I have been using this for a long time, but I actually like learned my own lesson. I was talking about how amazing charcoal was to some friends the night before I left to go to Mexico. I was like, when you go to Mexico, you definitely have to bring this charcoal. It will save you in case. And I didn't bring it. It just like completely slipped my mind. I have been talking about it forever. I bring it everywhere I go. And then I didn't bring it to Mexico and I happened to get food poisoning for the first time in my life. And I was just like kicking myself the whole time that I didn't have charcoal. So... Don't forget that one. Didn't you go to like a local herbalist or something in Mexico and she oh, like yeah. made you a tincture or something? No, my hotel, there was actually like a a holistic, I don't know what they called it, pharmacy. There was like a witch doctor on site at my hotel. It was amazing. And she made this disgusting tree bark drink. It was like all these herbs and it looked like tree bark. It tasted awful, but it actually really helped. So that was sort of a natural form of what... I think charcoal is supposed to do is supposed to bind stuff and shuttle it out. And it did really help, but it was really gross. The charcoal was much easier to just swallow in the capsule form and get it over with. But yeah, she she saved me a little bit. That's too funny. And I mean, I guess pretty lucky that you had that in Mexico. But yeah, well, that's Tulum. I mean, it's all artists and hippies and it's it's pretty holistic minded, I would say. So I was not in um, Cancun. That would have been very different. (laughs) All right. Well, I can't get away from this episode without talking about exercise or movement. You should definitely move while you're on the plane if you can. I think just getting mobility and some blood flow is going to help with that circulation because it's so dry and you have less oxygen. So just getting up, going to the bathroom, stretching your legs. If you can, like squeeze in the aisle, do a few stretches. Like I, when no one's looking, I'll do some lunges down the aisle and I'll like just do a forward bend some arm circles. I look ridiculous, but I think it really does help to just like pump the circulation, the blood flow, oxygen, and that's going to help with your immune system as well. A few extra little things, hand sanitizer with essential oils. So not like a crappy commercially processed or commercially made hand sanitizer, but essential oils are really powerful and they're very natural. So yeah, we will get into essential oils a little bit later. Renee, it's your turn. Let's talk about personal experience. What have you learned from healthy travel or what have you done wrong? Yeah, I think my first thing, like I said earlier, is just I've learned that I can't drink alcohol when I fly. I'm sorry if I'm not a lot of fun, but it just makes me feel like crap. So I definitely stay away from that. I stay super hydrated. If I want to sleep on the plane, the only thing I have found that works for me is CBD. So I'll take like a bunch of CBD oil when I first get on the plane and then put on my sleep mask, my earplugs or my headphones, and then I can maybe get a little bit of sleep. So that's super helpful. And then just when traveling, like I really have to stay on my sleep routine the best I can. If I'm traveling across, you know, a couple of time zones and staying there for more than five days, I will try and adjust my body to that time zone versus just trying to stay on my current one. I definitely had a rough experience when I went to Europe two years ago, actually, two years ago, I drank espresso way too late at night and I didn't sleep the whole night. Like I lost an entire night of sleep. It was off. I mean, there's nothing worse than laying in bed, wanting to sleep and having caffeine, like rushing through your system and you can't fall asleep. It's like 
torture. So I lost a whole night of sleep. And then the next day we had like a full day planned. And then we were flying from Ireland to Rome. It was just like nonstop. And I got to Rome and like, boom, I had a like horrible head cold. Like I'm walking around like the Vatican with my box of tissues. I'm like that person. Like it was, it was kind of miserable. I mean, I'm in this amazing place and I didn't feel my best. So I definitely learned sleep it's, it's just always so important for me, but especially when, when traveling. Yeah, I think those are the top two things. So no alcohol and then following my sleep rhythm and circadian rhythm. That's super helpful for me. What about you, Laura? Well, I already shared the charcoal story. That was number one lesson for me. Don't ever forget your charcoal. But I'm a pretty terrible traveler. Like I can't sleep on planes. I love drinking water, but I'm constantly going to the bathroom. And I know that red eyes do not work for me. And that's mostly because all of the things that people take to help them sleep on red eyes have the opposite effect on me. And my only reasoning for that is that's just genetics and that's the biohacking component. You have to know what works for you. Like I've taken sleep aids, which are not natural, but I've taken them. Well, actually I've taken melatonin. It doesn't work for me. Drinking wine to make me sleepy doesn't work for me. I've taken THC gummies or, you know, supplements in that realm. And they all actually stimulate my nervous system and then wake me up. Like I'm more alert after taking those, which is super annoying, but that's just the way that my body operates. And I've, I've learned that. So I've done better with just focusing really on my hydration and like drinking a little less liquid, but making sure it's chock full of electrolytes, making sure I'm well rested before I sleep. I know a lot of people will just like stay up super late packing the night before because they're like, well, I'm going on vacation. I'll just sleep there. I'll sleep on the plane. That definitely doesn't work for me. Like I have to go to bed early before I travel because I know my nervous system is just really easily irritated and sort of ticked off. So just making sure I have calm and that my defenses are already up before even step foot in that airport. And that's sort of how I can set myself up for success. Also, because I know how bad it is when you travel and all the germs that there are, like I have to find a kind of find the middle ground between being like a crazy sanitation lady, like cleaning all the surfaces around me and taking a thousand supplements would actually just, I think, puts me more into flight or fight or flight mode. So just trying to like relax into it, know that I'm going to be in like a less than an ideal environment, but staying calm. So like breathing techniques are really helpful for me. And then just like making sure that I get there early, that I have my snacks prepared, that I have like the few oils that I need and the few, my few like favorite supplements just on hand and sort of like visualizing how that's all going to go. So the visualization, the meditation, breathing and getting really good rest, I would say, the night before. And never, ever forgetting my charcoal. <laughs> oh, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but one of my favorite hacks is using thieves oil, which is a really, really potent blend of essential oils that will just like totally wipe out any bugs or pathogens. I like to bring like a little spray bottle and I'll put it on like the surfaces around me, but it's pretty strong. So I always will like ask the people around me if it's okay to spray it. If I can't get on early, like I always try to be the first one to sit down in my row so I can just get that done and not bother anybody. You know, usually you're like sitting down at the same time as people. And there was one time I asked the person next to me, I was like, do you mind if I spray this? Like, it smells really good. It smells like Christmas. And it's just, you know, like some sanitation. And she goes, I really hate the smell of Christmas. Oh <laughs> my, that's awful. I no. know. I was like, oh God, I, I never like imagined that anyone would say no to me. Like it's never been a problem. I think it smells really good. And she just like shut it down so fast. Did you spray it anyways? No, I was mortified. Like I stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, oh, 
Okay. I mean, I couldn't spray it after she said that. That would have been so rude. Right. But at some point she fell asleep on the plane and I like very like discreetly did like small squirts of the thieves. <laughs> she never said anything, but I was so upset about that. But thieves oil, I'll put it on the tray table and like the armrest at least just to get like a slightly cleaner environment before we take off. Yeah. And I will say Young Living does a really good job with that. Like they have the thieves soap, like small spray. They even have like the thieves wipes. I actually like traveling with those and I'll use those on like the tray table and stuff. Yeah. And then I know you use just like the straight oil under your tongue. Yeah. Or they also have the lozenges. You could suck on a thieves Mm. lozenge just to have that inside of your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Young Living is great for that. We'll definitely uh, post that in the show notes. All right, so favorite hack, we get one because we've already shared a bunch. No, I can't. (laughs) All right, I'm going to pick my top one, colloidal silver nasal spray. I know a lot of people don't really like using a nasal spray, but this stuff is amazing because it's just going to like clear out your sinuses. It's going to like coat them and protect them from any of the pathogens that you're breathing in. So, and it's really easy to travel with that. It's small enough you can get it through security, not an issue. But I'll usually use it like right before I leave my house to go to the airport and then before my flight. And then same thing coming home. I'll do the same thing. And I think it really helps. So the one that I use is Argentin 23. I will link to that. But that's my favorite one. Yeah. So top hack right there. What about you, Lauren? One. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Sorry. But I do love the silver. Just make sure you're not taking it long term. Like this is sort of an emergency situation or when you're traveling, the silver. You don't want it to build up your system. Can I have two? Well, I already did the thieves oil. I love putting, I like getting moisture inside of my nose. So this sounds gross, but I'll put like my lip balm, which is just like a natural petroleum jelly inside of my nose. Like I'll coat it, which I think helps prevent the bugs from coming in, right? We're like amping up that, the cilia and the mucosal layer. So I'll just like shove some petroleum jelly up my nose so it doesn't get too dry. And then, I'm sorry, I'm doing one more. Go ahead. Yeah, I know a lot of biohackers will put olive oil in their nose. I guess it's the same thing, right? It's like that oil and moisture. Yeah, they're traveling with it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh. And they just swab. I guess the whole flight will smell like olives, but huh, it works. It's not so bad. Yeah. yeah. You can get those little travel packets of the olive oil. Oh, I'm going to do that next time. But that's messy, right? Yeah, you that probably want to go in the bathroom for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to go in the bathroom for a lot of things, but I'm just going to add one more thing. I'm sorry, I'm going over, but molecular hydrogen tablets. You can put those also into your water. Since the oxygen is much lower, as we talked about, at high altitudes, the molecular hydrogen is going to just shuttle oxygen into your cells and into your body. Question about that. If you put that in your water bottle at 30,000 feet, does your bottle like explode? explode? <laughs> I did it. I did it and I actually combined it with a noon tablet. It didn't. I think I posted on my Insta story about that. Like as I was doing it, I took a poll. It was like, is this going to explode? It didn't. It was okay. Not something you want to say on a plane. No. (laughs) I didn't share it. Lauren's going to be on the news one day, plane, like emergency landing. You know what? It wasn't in a plastic (laughs) bottle. I travel. Oh, this is another thing. Travel with your own bottle right? Just bring a water bottle with you. A lot of airports now have the purified water stations. You can just fill it up once you go through security. Like we don't need to be drinking out of plastic bottles. And also who wants to spend like $8 on a 12 ounce bottle of water? It's just such a ripoff. Yeah, I totally agree on that. And actually I just heard San Francisco airport is no longer going to sell plastic water bottles. 
Wow. That's huge. The whole airport is banning them. So well, I would be really mad if I forgot my own water bottle, but maybe they have glass ones for sale. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. All right, cool. Q&A. We got lots of questions. We're just going to go through a bunch. Why not? The first one, what are the best supplements to take while on the go to keep your immune system up? We talked about some of these already. The colloidal silver is really helpful. I think we should add in vitamin C and zinc. They're super easy. Definitely bolster the immune system. Vitamin C, you can you can take a lot of this. I would not test it while you're traveling. Test it when you're at home. But you have to find your own tolerance. It will affect your bowels if you take too much. But I would just go ahead and load up as much as you can before you're traveling. Do you have a specific vitamin C or zinc that you like to take when you're traveling? Sometimes I'll just use like the noon vitamin tablets. But then I actually just started the Designs for Health immune support packets. And I really like that because it has a combination of like I mean, it has a whole blend of echinacea, astragalus, elderberry, green tea, a bunch of mushrooms like cordyceps, shiitake, maitake, reishi. And then it also has like a good blend of vitamin C and zinc and vitamin D. So I think that's a really good combination of things. And like Lauren said before, the less bottles of supplements you need to bring, the better. So I think I'm going to be a big fan of these little packets. Like it can't get easier than that to throw that in your bag. Yeah. Yeah. And the mushrooms is a great addition there. I like that. Second one, what is the best time to take melatonin if traveling east and also west? Oh, that's a great question. Renee, you're really good at this. Yeah, I love talking about the circadian rhythm and jet lag stuff. And again, go back to our episode, uh, I think number four, where we talk about this a little bit more. But I think the best time to take melatonin is about an hour before your planned bedtime. And you want to aim for the bedtime of your new location. So like if you're flying, you know, east to west, you're going to want to try and stay up a little bit later. So you want to take the melatonin maybe around 9 p.m. Pacific time if you're going to bed at 10. I'm just estimating. And then the other way, if you're flying back to the east, you would want to take the melatonin at maybe 9 p.m. Eastern. So that way your body can like slowly adjust. And then I always recommend taking melatonin for like a few days after, before and after travel, just to help your body adjust to that. So it's going to be different based on, you know, how far you're traveling, what time you want to go to bed, all those factors. But hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into that. I've taken melatonin much earlier than an hour before bedtime and it hasn't affected me. Like it doesn't make me too sleepy. So you can probably play around with that, but definitely at least an hour before. Cool. Last question. How to combat bloating? Oh, how do we combat bloating when traveling? Great question. A lot of people have experienced this. I think probably because of the lowered oxygen that really has an effect on on bloating, but it's also probably the really crappy foods that you're eating. So don't eat the crap. Make sure you're bringing your own snacks if you can, avoiding too much salt and sodium from the gross peanuts and crackers and whatever else they're handing out. Charcoal is really great for eliminating the gas and bloating. I would say try not to change your diet too drastically. I think, especially in a plane, this is not the time to like try something new. Like know your body, know your what reactions you have to foods, including food allergies. Don't go too crazy, especially when you're on the plane. Yeah, those are all really good tips for that. And I think I think this is a really common thing. And you've probably heard of the term vacation constipation. Like that's a thing that a lot of people experience. And I think 
a big thing is you're just you're out of your regular routine, so your body's not really sure what's going on. But then again, like Lauren said, we're eating differently. So anytime you change your diet, your bowels can be affected in either way. <laughs> They're going to have some kind of reaction. So again, just sticking with your diet the best you can. Yeah, and then charcoal is a great backup. I also really like if you can find like a peppermint or ginger tea. You know, maybe if you tend to have this bloating and like digestive issue when you travel, just travel with some tea bags. It's so easy to get some hot water wherever you go. Because yeah, don't get the hot water on the plane. Oh gosh, please no. Yeah, I would take like a travel <laughs> mug and I think just like going to Starbucks probably. Most airports have Starbucks. Just ask for hot water to fill up your bottle and then add your own tea bag. Yeah, I think those are great for for bloating. Awesome. So thank you for the great questions. Um, We hope that everyone has some safe and fun and healthy travel coming up. Please let us know if you have any other questions about this topic. We absolutely love talking about this. Yeah. Awesome. This is so fun (laughs) and funny because we're sharing this mic. So we just keep stepping in and out of each other's space. So (laughs) I think this is a success. I hope we get to do this again sometime. Yes. Maybe the next one will be in New York. Yeah. Or on vacation. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Love this episode of the biohacker babes podcast. Head over to Apple podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support until then. Happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.